Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting their own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share The Void with someone else who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. And just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. I have been bitching that it's been so cold for so long. Now it's hot. Now it's like fucking 75, baby. Yeah. Sun's out, gun's out. Hell yeah. Oh, man, it feels so good. It's good shit. Good shit. So sick of it being cold. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. It's gorgeous out. It's it's like fire pit season. Yeah. Yeah. That perfect temperature for fire pits. Fire pit season. My brother... So we have that on the side oh, of my I building. Oh, I saw him. Yeah. Uh, so that son of a bitch, he thinks that like cardboard is a bonfire. Yeah. So like when he's cleaning stuff out, he'll just go out there. It'll be it, it'll be fifty mile an hour winds. Yeah. He'll just light the shit on fire. Next thing you know, half the yards on fire. Yeah. Neighbor's yards on fire. You're trying to hose off the side of their house so it don't <laughs> fucking catch on fire. Like Joe, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> What's the matter? He's just out there holding Corona. Well, yeah. What? It's fine. It's going to be fine. The neighbor's got a million dollar tractor sitting there. Jesus. <laughs> Fire's the guy, blowing right at it. <laughs> but yeah, it's apparently it's a uh, fire season. Joe so, agrees with you 175%. So funny story. Dave and I used to live together um, yeah. back when we were like 18 and 19. And, uh, yeah, 19, I think. Um, and then towards the end of that, Dave's brother, Joe, moved in with us. I'd say halfway through. Yeah, halfway About through. halfway through. So... Which was... He was still in high school. Yeah, he was still in high school, <laughs> living with two 18 and 19-year-old dudes. Like, it was Party Palace. Uh, for one, Joe doesn't know what, like, clothing is, so half the time he's just walking around buck-ass naked. First off, he is, like, the most free spirit I've... Yeah. He's like a hippie, but not a hippie. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, he's like but a... But yeah, he was naked a lot. He's like a mild version of a hippie, yeah. yeah. He was naked a lot in that house. So one night... <laughs> I don't know why. We all get smashed drunk. Dave and I go to bed, and we wake up the next morning, and our yard is fully decorated with like <laughs> every concrete statue you can imagine. Joe got smashed drunk and drove around the neighborhood <laughs> and just started getting sticky fingers with every gnome, bird bath... There were four concrete benches. I don't even know how he picked them up. Yeah. They were so fucking Those heavy. Those little concrete garden benches. <laughs> and, and we're like, they're going to know. Like, <laughs> he, it, he didn't give two no, shit. Now, now, this was before Facebook. <laughs> yeah, thank so God. So it's not like everybody could get yeah, on the community Facebook and be like... 22 years ago. Yeah, 43 people saying I'm missing shit from my yard. Yeah, literally. You so go out thank there, God. I, I will remember it forever. Mitch comes up and he goes, uh, I don't know what's... Come look at this. I go outside and I just look to the right and there's two gnomes, a bench, and two gnomes. And then I look around and I go around the side of the house. We like, got bird baths. We got what? all kinds of shit. What the fuck? He, he goes, what happened? I'm like, dude, I got no idea. Yeah. I could, the next and, day. And or, Joe's, Joe's like, I thought the yard could use a little beautification. He, you know? he, this is also the guy that, so the first Christmas we were there, 
Yeah. We didn't get a Christmas tree. So he went and cut a he cedar went- tree out of somebody's <laughs> yard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he cuts. So he's driving a Honda hatchback at the time. Yeah. Like yeah. a two-door hatchback. He just shows up with like a five-foot cedar tree. Like, where'd you get that? Around the corner. Total Home Alone style. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean around the corner? I went around the corner and I got it. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, IV? You bought it like, or you like, got it? He's oh, like, I, I got, got it. it. And then you look at the stump and it's like a hacked fucking yeah. mess. Yeah. He didn't have a saw. He had like a butter knife. So what did we do? We did the noble thing. We cut it off flat and got a tree stand. Yeah. That motherfucker oh, yeah. was in the, in the And we didn't have ornaments. So if I remember right, it was like beer cans. It was on, natural light cans yeah. because we couldn't afford anything else. Yeah. God, we were broke. That's yeah. the Hangover movie. Oh, it was. First off, those movies don't have a hold of fucking match to our lives. Man. <laughs> Here's the sad part the biggest party we had at that place. We had a party so big that the cops came and couldn't even get in the front door. No, they're like, we're coming in. We're going to kick the door. And we're like, dude, the door won't open. Yeah. Like, so Mitch opens the window. He opens the window window and puts his head out. And he's like, no, seriously, I can't open the. Get out of the way. I mean, just, and the cops are like looking in. They're like, holy shit. It's easier if you come through the window. Just come through the window. (laughs) Yeah. There's too many people in front of the door. And then the door opens, and I mean, it was like the floodgates let out. Everyone was like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. And then, like, you look around there. may or may not have been underage. There was like, we were all underage. None of us were over 21. We were 18 or 19. Yeah. Yeah, We we were all all underage. underage. The guy's like, is anyone underage? And we were like, is anyone not? <laughs> there isn't. And then he was like, is anyone overage? And we're like, no. Like, they were just looking to take that guy to yeah, jail. Yeah, they were looking to pin it. Yeah, they were looking yeah. to, like, take the old creepy guy that bought all the young kids beer. And we're like, no, we're all young idiots. We so, just. <laughs> the just, cap, the cap of that story, the capstone of that oh, story. Oh, man. The good David, times. It's summertime. David's, like, half Indian or something, so he tans really well. And his hair is super to. curly. I used to. Now it's the like, cops ugh. taking all of our info. He's got us sitting on the couch. Everyone's already taken off oh, out of the yeah. back door. He's taking all of our info. He gets to David <laughs> and asks for his name, and David tells him his name. And the cop looks at him and turns his head sideways, and he goes, "Are you white or black?" Yeah, he was like, <laughs> "Never met a black guy named David." And I was like, "I went to high school with two black guys named David." What are you talking about? <laughs> oh yeah, man! Pull the oh. Bill Clinton. Depends on what your definition of is. Yeah. <laughs> just so dumb. Oh my god! Yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was a long time ago. That was like twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two or something like that. No, or no, no, twenty two thousand one or it was two thousand and one or two thousand and two. It would have been early 2002. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Crazy. Was that when you came back? You'd come back from the military? I'd come back, yeah. yeah. So I shipped out on the uh, 2001. Yeah, Mitch, so. for those that don't know, Mitch tried to join the Navy and was too soft for that. <sighs> the Navy. Couldn't three, even make it I into made the it three Navy. Days. Yeah. I made it three days. <laughs> he calls me. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, dude, aren't you like in boot camp? He's like, no, I'm coming home. Like, why? Uh, yeah. I'm, I, I couldn't make it. No, no bullshit. He, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> no, he I, had a heart condition. They I were had like, a heart condition. That they were like, get out. Up. You're a pussy. You can't ha- get out of here. There's a tiny yeah. bit of context there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a I heart like, condition that flared up, and they found uh, me unresponsive on a sidewalk, and I don't, I don't remember. I woke up in a hospital, and...
All right, so you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer. And it lets you organize your customers. It lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show. Yeah. They're like, do you have any idea why you may have been unresponsive on a sidewalk? And I'm like, well, it's probably this heart condition. And I... It's called supraventricular tachycardia. And rattled off the name, and they're like, "You have that?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "You can't be here if you have that." And I'm like, <laughs> "I thought you found that there. I thought no. you didn't know you had it." No, I found it in high school. I don't remember that. Yep. So I don't remember a lot of high school. Yeah. I can't, I, and it's not because of bad things. It's just a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, apparently my uh, recruiting officer fudged some documents or something, and. Wasn't um, supposed to ever be there. So, so yeah, Mitch was gone for three days and then came back and he was like, well, "Hey, man, what's up?" Let's was do there some- for three days. It took him like three weeks to sit me, sit me, ship me home. Yeah, he's like, uh, "What are we gonna do?" I was like, "I don't know." That's how I got my first job though, as a plumber, because I came back too late to get into another semester of college, and you were working for Harvey, and you're like, "Hey, oh, yeah, that's we're right. busy. Why don't you come work for us?" I'm like, that's "Sure." Right. That's right. Been a plumber ever since. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's all your fault you son of a bitch what are we talking about today you um i don't know what do you want to talk about we're going to talk about blue checks okay we're going to talk about how to go from lawsuits to five-star reviews okay and we're going to talk about bring solutions not problems oh i was gonna i thought we were going to talk about you building a go-kart you shouldn't build well we did that too well, it's not all the way done, but it's almost all the way done. Almost all the way Waiting done. Waiting for some vinyl we'll graphics wait, You now. know what? We'll, we'll talk about it when it's all done. Yeah. We got a we little go. video we can put up or something. Yep. We might have a video. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, don't know. Someone <laughs> wasted an entire fucking Saturday of mine. He's like, hey, I got a couple little welding projects. It'd be nice if you could run a fucking tape measure. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was, it was funny because it went from like, oh, this will be a video we film over the next several months. And then like, because things have worked out so well, it's like... Well, maybe next be into next week. No, we'll have well, let's. You know what? Let's just talk about the tape measure situation. Mitch comes over, says, "This is where I need the brackets welded on." I weld them on. Actually, I think before I said that, I said, "Are you sure that looks awfully fucking low?" Yeah, we he, moved it, he a talks, little bit. He talks me into no, that's fine. We weld them on there. He's like, "Well, let's go get the body." We go get the body. Have they, margaritas. They close. Have margaritas. Come back. Put it on there. Not even close. Nope. Like. Cut them off, grind them off, three move them inches off. Yeah, not even close. So we can talk about who can run a tape measure and who can, if you want. You can run a welder. I'll say that. I don't know about that. So. It was okay. They you can run right. a welder with a mask on. Well, you have to have a you mask have to on. have a mask. Well, on. that's what I'm saying. I'm just throwing shade at you for not using your car. Oh, I filled them, and he was like, "You cannot put that on." Yeah, YouTube. we were. I w- we were doing a little bit of final filming, and mm. I was using a grinder without safety glasses, and he's filming it, and it's a fucking cool shot. Like it looks really cool. <laughs> but I'm like, unfortunately, we probably can't use that because we'll get eaten alive because I wasn't wearing safety glasses. All you glasses. have to do is tag it. Hey, 
Make sure you wear safety glasses. Yeah, safety this third. is why you need to. I go get like a little like a clip art of like a, a mask and like you just well, put it over your head. In our defense, I'm in my own garage. Yeah. So it's not like OSHA can come around. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. I never. I think I put glasses on at my house working on your stuff, grinding for like five seconds. Yeah. I mean, I put them on because half the time the sparks were coming up my face. So. Yeah, that's no shit. But that shop was a wreck. <laughs> All right. <coughs> Blue checks. Ah, oh, it was fun though. So. Uh, social media outlets like Twitter and Facebook and all of that stuff have now opened it up to where you can verify your profile and get a blue check. And there seems to be a little bit of controversy about it. Um, I don't really know why there's controversy about it. It used to be perceived that blue checks were for clout. But really, they never were. What it was was once you achieved a certain stature, you kind of needed to have the prof- uh, have the platform verify your account. Let's say you're Kanye, Kanye West, right? It's just the first thing that popped into my head. That's fucked up, but okay, go ahead. Let's let's say you're Donald Trump, like anybody, right? DT. You wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> want somebody creating a fake profile and acting like you, right? With all the scams and everything else that go on out there. So yeah. that's where the blue check originated from. Well. So they they now, uh, obviously, there's a financial motive to do it too, right? But so they they now let you pay fifteen dollars a month to become verified, which must started, I believe. I think that's where the controversy started. It was before it was fine. Then he says you can complain all you want. Now you got to pay eight dollars. Then everyone's like, oh, this billionaire is raking even more money. Why doesn't he give that money? Like that's where it starts. I feel like right, right. But ultimately, what you're paying for is security. Mm-hmm. You're paying for. The ability to secure your profile for you, right? Um, Patrick Mahomes was even joking about it because he was he hadn't started paying the eight bucks yet, and they hadn't had the cutoff yet. And one of the other Chiefs players, I don't even know who it was, was giving him shit like, "Dude, just pay the eight dollars." <laughs> and Mahomes Mahomes tweeted back to him like, "Dude, I got kids, bro. <laughs> I can't afford that shit." Eight dollars. <laughs> well, I, th- I think oh, yeah, I think shit. Musk even pointed out too is like people don't spend that much money on like coffee like at Starbucks like every day. Yeah, he's like latte or a blue check mark. Yeah. <laughs> so what's weird though is people are now like before you kind of had to earn it, right? Uh-huh. Now you could buy it before. Um, there were avenues where you could spend fifteen to twenty thousand dollars and actually get a blue check, um, and there are people who have done it. Um, but now, for fifteen bucks a month or whatever, you can you can buy it, or eight dollars a month on Twitter or whatever the case may be. What's weird is people go pay their eight dollars or fifteen dollars. And then they like make a post it's celebrating it as if it's the old way of doing things. Like, finally got the blue check. Look at me. Oh, such a milestone. Dude, I'm like, just, dude, it was fucking fifteen dollars. That's just the that's just the look at me mentality right. of Americans. Oh, look right. at me. Look at me. Look what I got. Look at check out my shit. Stop right. it. Stop it. Right. Like I now, full disclosure. I paid for it. Mitch got a blue check, Mitch. But you never saw a post from me bragging about a blue check, right? I did it because we have so much going on with the plumbing company and the YouTube channel and trade wins and everything else. Like, I don't want somebody acting like me and taking advantage of the people that know, like, and trust me. So Yeah, it, it's tougher to be hacked. Right. You know, with the blue check. Now that I have a blue check, after a long enough timeline, people will recognize 
I have the blue check. And so if, <clears throat> and, and, and if a spoof profile comes at them mimicking my name and my profile picture without the blue check, they're going to think twice, right? So uh, I did it for the safety and security of all of the followers of all the different things that I'm in. It just makes sense to me to do it. But you never saw a brag post about it. No, you know what? Really, this is a little off topic. Not really. What irritates me the most about doing this show with you and doing the Trade Wins program and doing all that stuff, do you know what it makes me, the worst part about it? It makes me be engaged in social media. Yeah, I know. You and hate I it. And I fucking you hate, hate it. it. I fucking hate it. Yep. Now, I will say... Can you change your name from Hilton David to David Hilton? Okay. So, originally, my profile was David Hilton. I did I something and got locked out for six months. You can change your name now to David Hilton. I will I will probably change... You want me to? It's just weird. It is weird. Hilton David. <laughs> I'll Hilton change David. It. Hilton David. I'll change it back. You're going to go Dave or David? Um, okay. So, funny story. My, like, the only time I've ever seen my mom, like, be genuinely disappointed in me, ever, was the first time that she saw my friends, like, we were together, and they were calling me Dave. She, like, pulls me aside. I was part of that, probably. She, she pulled, I don't, <laughs> to be honest, I don't remember who was there or what was going on. That's, that's good to know that I was probably part of you. She pulls me aside, and she's like, I named you David, not Dave. <laughs> And just was like, that's all I'm going to say about that. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. I crushed my mom. This is like. I am David. I was like 20. I never said anything. I didn't give I didn't give two shits. It didn't bother me. But then, like, from then on, I always thought about it. Right. And I think I even may have said, hey, if we go to my mom's house. It's like, David. What, it, you got to call me David because my mom is fucking losing. That's funny. Yeah. I'm just. I don't know why that. Not funny. Me, but, funny. But like. So. It, so, yes. Odd, it will right? probably be David. Yeah. That's I fine. guess. Maybe like just, I I mean I don't know. I want to be able to tag you as David <clears throat> David Hilton David Badass Hilton or something. Well, if you get if you get the blue check, you can't do you can't do fun names. You can't do fun names. I don't know. Do I need the blue check? Maybe someday. you don't. You probably don't need it. No, nah, I don't need it. But maybe someday. But so, yeah, it irritates me to death. Yeah, I do like the trade wins group. Like, cause it's just people that are dedicated. Yeah, you know, it's you don't get a lot of bullshit in there. That's okay. Right. I don't mind that. Right. So what yeah, were we you, talking you about? Can, you can <laughs> shape down your stuff. So, uh, topic two. That was a fast, high level run through topic one. By the way, topic two. Uh, this stems from an experience that I had literally like an hour and a half ago. You're getting a lot of one star reviews and bad fucking Man. shit happened in the last couple of weeks. So, you think it's Mitch? Austin's shaking his head. Yes. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't a yeah. That was like a. I saw a fucking head I shake. I don't like know this. what to think of it because, like, just like this. So, you know what? It, in business, just before you get into it, there are up and down times. Yep. Not just with business, but with everything. With bad customers, with bad employees, with not having checks come in on time, with people being paid or er, paying early. All of the ebbs and flows just happen. You just have to. You know, you just have to kind of take everything on average and just, you know, kind of be ready that, hey, some weeks are going to fucking suck and some weeks are going to be cake breeze walks. You know, that's just yeah. kind of how it is. And right now, Mitch is kind of in a, I sh I'm not going to say shithole, but you're just kind of in a down little, we're in a this dwell. is a pain in the ass moment for me right now. Yeah. So uh, part of that is my own doing, right? Um, I tend to overextend myself. And, and when you overextend yourself, you kind of take your focus off of things. <clears throat> but right. part of it too is 
recognizing that we've had an unseasonably long run with a perfect 5.0 rating. Um, currently, right now, I think we have 555 Google reviews, and we still have a 5.0 rating on Google. Um, up until a couple of weeks ago, we only had two one-star reviews. Um, one was from a landlord house. Uh, one was from a house flipper that uh, tried to uh, scam us out of five thousand dollars. Yeah, we've talked about it. Um, another <clears throat> was uh, from somebody on our YouTube channel, of all things. Um, <laughs> When am Some, I going to get in on this YouTube channel? I want to. I want to be in the video. Well, we got a we got a video filmed in your yard coming out here. Yeah, sometime. but I'm not in it. I know that doesn't help. I just I just want to see my face on there. That's all. So, I some, turn around and zoom in your window. Some some guy like spammed our YouTube channel <clears throat> with like 50 comments in a matter of hours, and I was engaging with all of the comments because it helps the algorithm and it helps your video do better and all this stuff. Well, because I was, he was a last word kind of guy. He wants to have the last word. Sounds like someone I know. So, um, because I was replying to all the comments, are you insinuating to me? (laughs) No, not at all. Because he was, because I was replying to all the comments, he got all pissed off. Like he wanted to have the last word. So he finds our Smedley Plumbing business page and goes to Google and leaves us a one star review saying, Plumber talks back too much. (laughs) <laughs> and I wish I could screenshot like I texted Austin the day I texted yeah. Austin the day it happened I'm nah, like that's what you get this dude has commented like like literally the notification bar on YouTube was all this his name is like Bob take a look or something like that it was like Bob take a look Bob take a look Bob take a look Bob take a look like he's commenting in fractions of sentences like as fast as thoughts and words are coming to, into his head He's commenting and hitting enter. Yeah. And then when he would think of a few more words, he would comment and hit enter. Yeah. I mean, he just blew us up. That's the worst. I took a screenshot of it and sent it to Austin. I'm like, this dude is fucking trolling the hell out of us. So finally, I just started replying to him all saying, it sounds like you're having a rough day. I hope you have a better day. (laughs) And so then, yeah, then we get the one star (laughs) review from that dude, right? Because that was like, it's one thing if someone's upset, but that guy is like borderline psychotic. You're just like... First okay. off, 20% of the people out there are borderline psychotic. Yeah. So that's, you're just dealing with that shit all the time. Yep. I mean, it's just, it's like going to happen. Rolling in the mud at that point. Right. So then yesterday, we get another one star review. And it's from uh, somebody who we, we have no clue who they are. It's a Hispanic name. And it says they tried calling us and they got our voicemail and we never returned their call. And uh, so. It stinks because they've heard such great things about us. We have no missed calls that we have not returned on our phone. We have no missed voicemails that we have not returned on our phone. We have no record of this person calling us. So initially, I actually replied saying, here's my personal cell phone number. Call me and we'll get you taken care of. And then, you know, my wife's like, hmm. Probably not too smart to put your personal cell phone number out there. Yeah, so I, I do changed that too it. much, and it's, uh, I've yeah. been burned. So yeah. I changed it, and I said, feel free to try call us back, or you can find us on Facebook, or you can email us at, and I gave our company email. I said, it sounds like there must have been a phone issue or something. And Nothing. Nothing. I'm sure. No replies, yeah. no nothing. Yeah. He's just a total 
parasite that just wants to walk away with a one-star review, right? But it, it just sucks. Well, today... You know, you could be just... I've seen this happen before, people getting bad reviews. Like, you're driving down the road in the Smedley van and cut somebody off and something happens. Yep. And then they just literally... They'll just come up with anything. They'll give you a one-star... And they're basically posting and ghosting. They're like, fuck that guy. I yep. got him today. I gave him one star. I'm going to knock him down. Yep. You know, I mean, that shit happens. And especially when you get bigger and things are going, I mean, it just, what did we talk about in the Google reviews? I don't remember if it was on this show or if it was on the trade wins we were talking about. Eventually, it's impossible to have a 5.0 rating because eventually you get so many and so much little bullshit at the bottom that yeah. it knocks you down. And it's too bad they don't take like the law of averages. Yeah. Like like grading on a curve and cut off the bottom ten and the top ten and then that's really you know what right you should be at. Well, I tried <laughs> disputing it, saying that the customer's not a customer, and Google comes back and says it sounds like they're representing their experience with their company. Well, we're leaving it up because <laughs> their experience was as stated. They yeah. tried calling and never got a response. Well, well, to Dave's point too, is kind of like whenever you get a new guitar and it's so precious, that first ding you get is like. Oh, like this ding in the guitar, like it just hurts your soul. Yeah. But then, like a two years later, you have ten dings. Yeah, yeah. and you don't but even care. It's kind of like that with the with the Google reviews, where it's yeah. like your first one. It's like, <laughs> oh, it hurts so bad. Yep. It hurts yeah. my shoulder. That's my why arm. I buy used guitars. Also, <laughs> yeah. I never bought. Have I think I may have bought one new one. I watched my friend ding his new guitar. He just bought. He was showing me it. He's like, "This is my new guitar." He went to move another guitar. I'm like, "Dung!" Yeah. And he, I just saw a look on his face. Just go pure panic. Yeah, <laughs> like someone like someone punched your baby. Ah, ah. That's why I got to scratch up something new just so it gets the first yeah. one on it. That's right. So so today uh, we get a call that comes in on our main number, and it's from a customer that we did some work for last week. And basically, the work last week like was a fucking disaster. Um, I felt bad for us. I felt bad for them. It was just a bad situation all the way around. Um, and this customer calls in today. They're really upset. And so I drop what I'm doing and I drive out there to go look at the job. Essentially what happened is they called us with a drain line clog and we get there and their plumbing wasn't installed quite right. And so our auger went the wrong way and went up the system instead of down the system. And it got into a two inch drain line and broke a drain line and got tangled up in a wall and all kinds of stuff. Right. So now we're, Yay, plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> now we're like there for a clogged drain line. We still don't have the drain line open. Now we've got toilets pulled. We've got walls opened up. We've got cabinets removed. We're You're in the middle of what I like to call a shit show. Yes. Quote, unquote. Absolute you shit show. You are in a shit show. So our guy's there for two and a half days. <laughs> and two and a half days? <laughs> yeah. And uh, sorry for now, the, now, sorry now, for the laughing. It makes when other people suffer. It make like this is a bad part of my personality. You're sick. Like well, it brings a little joy to me. Like yeah. then it's not me. I'm just like yeah. so happy. It's not me. Here's yeah. that part. Where you're like I'm sorry for him, but like it's just for once. It's <laughs> who, not me. Who was? You it? think you're having a bad day, right? Did you tell me who it was? No. I know no. all your guys. It, it I like it. No, no. I like your guys, and it. I like. I've yeah. been there, and I just, I mean, I feel bad for them guys. But I, don't, I don't feel bad for you, but I feel bad for them guys. The, my guy didn't really do anything wrong. Like, hindsight, you could always go dissect it and be like, I would have done this different, but it's easy to be a Monday morning quarterback, right? Yeah, you can, well, you should have located it when you weren't sure where it was going. Yeah. yeah, you could, but it also went right through, so, yeah. I mean, what the fuck you want me to do? So, 
so we get all the damage fixed on the inside from the auger going the wrong way, and now we get the auger going the right way, and uh, <laughs> we go right through the clog into the septic tank. Nothing opens up. We put different bits on it, go through the clog into the septic tank. Nothing opens up. Camera in the line. We, like, pump the line down, right? Go get one of those tiny pumps, drop it down in there, pump the line down, find out it's holding a bunch of water in a bunch of spots. We tell the guy... Look, we don't know exactly what's causing the clog, but we do know your line is like a fucking roller coaster, and yeah. it needs to be replaced from here all the way to your septic tank. Good old snake, baby. Yeah. And so we give him a price to fix it. The price was $15,000, and he decides he's going to try to tackle this project himself. Now, keep in mind, everything up to this point, like we were getting locates for the line and all of that stuff, but it was all peripheral locates, nothing exact, nothing we would dig off of. It was just enough to get an estimate to him. Make sure the line's not like eight feet deep, right? Mm-hmm. So we do all this, and we never hear back from him. Turns out the guy starts trying to dig the... He saw cuts all this concrete and digs up the line himself. And um, there was basically some confusion for where we kind of generalized <clears throat> the line would be. Well, he freaking dug in that spot, and he didn't find the line. The line was a foot outside of where he dug. And it doesn't necessarily mean our locates were bad. Like, we never painted anything on the ground. We located just enough to see the general area it was in. Well, this guy just went and saw cut concrete and started digging. So now he's, like, really mad because he paid us. I think the bill was 1700 bucks for us to do all the augering and everything else. And we never got him open. Uh, so he's, he was mad that he paid us 1700 bucks and really got nowhere with it. And then what set him over the edge was that he saw cut all of his concrete and dug it up, and now he can't find the line. So he calls us up, and he's all upset. I drop what I'm doing, and I go out there. And um, the the conversation literally starts with him explaining the whole thing to me, which I was already very clued into the whole thing. I, st- I keep close tabs on that. But I'm letting him talk, and I'm letting him vent. And he he basically ends his venting session with... I paid you guys 1700 bucks. I didn't get anything for it, and you located the line in the wrong spot. So uh, give me a full refund of my 1700 and I won't sue you. The conversation ended with, you guys are amazing. I see why you have all the five-star reviews. I'm going to leave you one. You guys are awesome. And we've talked about this before on the show. Um, this is This is a classic case of your most upset customer is has the potential to be your biggest cheerleader or your biggest advocate out there if you just take the time to understand the issue and be solution-oriented. Who cares about the money? Who cares about anything else? What's the actual best solution from here? So... He's starting this conversation and he's spearheading it all based off of money. He spent seventeen hundred bucks. He didn't didn't get anything out of it. He thinks our diagnosis was wrong. He thinks the locate was wrong. He thinks everything was wrong. Right. So I let him. I give him time to breathe. I give him time to get all of his anger out and everything else. So then I let him know. Uh, th- well, then he tells me that the line is now draining. It j- just today. Now we were there last week. Just today, it's now draining. So I'm like, hey, cool. I love to hear that it's draining. I actually have a camera on my truck. Now that it's drained, we'll be able to see something on the camera. 
And, and I didn't, I didn't promise him anything. I didn't allude to any kind of a refund. I I'm solution oriented, right? And a refund is not a solution. A refund is a pacifier. A refund basically admits we fucked up. Please don't sue us. Here's all your money back, right? That's not a solution. I want to get the guy's problem solved. We'll worry about the money part later. So I dropped the camera in the line and uh, for one, we recognize they have like an improper clean outfitting, which allowed the the uh, auger to go backwards. So we talked about that. He completely understood that. And then within the camp, the camera going in the line within about 10 feet, it, the camera's already underwater. Keep in mind, this line's open and draining, but the camera's already underwater. The line's 70 feet long from here to the clean out. <clears throat> and the line's underwater. The camera's underwater for like 40 or 50 feet of that 70 feet. So he's got this freaking roller coaster he's got a huge belly he's got a giant belly in the line right and so then we locate it and we do you know he's asking can you locate it here can you tell me how deep it is here can you tell me what angle it is here and i'm kind of still letting him kind of call the shots for a minute and and so now it's starting to bring his guard down and he's starting to realize that our diagnosis was not incorrect the entire line needs to be replaced because it is such a roller coaster yeah it's super flat or belly and um, and so now it's just a matter of the locate difference, right? Well, so then I learn a little bit more about his situation, and he asks what I would do, which is kind of a silly thing to ask. Um, but I tell him, you know, I would replace the entire line. You don't necessarily have to, like, cut out the PVC. Like, half of it was exposed. The other half was still under earth. Like, you don't necessarily have to, like, cut this out, throw it away, and trash it. The line's still in good shape. You just need to cut it out and lift it up. It's, it's diving too deep, and then it's forced to have to actually come back uphill to get to your septic tank. So cut it right here in the middle, pick the whole thing up, and get a whole bunch of gravel underneath it. And, I mean, it's like six or eight inches deeper than it needs to be here in the middle. So uh, I, I kind of explained to him all of that stuff. And then... I let him know like how to continue on with the rest of the project and everything else. And I even volunteer, like if you guys like, obviously at this point, he's already established himself as the guy type of guy that's going to do his own work. That's fine. I I can't change that. Other right? than augering the line. And Other than augering the line. Yeah. Right. He doesn't have augers. He doesn't have cameras. He doesn't have locators, but yeah, he's out in the County. Like he can run an excavator. He can dig. He can do all that kind of shit. So, he he basically he's letting his guard down now and he's showing a little bit more trust with me and so once you the 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 wrong way to handle this is there's a lot of guys that are like should have called in a professional fuck him right okay it's easy to say that when it's not your customer and you don't have a threat of a lawsuit hanging on the line and you don't have, and, and regardless of whether they win or not, it's not a matter of the $1,700 lawsuit. It's a matter of all of the time that it takes for me to sit in court. Well, right? and the $1,700 lawsuit isn't $1,700. Even if you lose it and you have to pay the $1,700, which Mitch wouldn't do, he'd just say, I mean, if he got a letter in the mail that said, hey, we're going to court, you'd probably just write... You're smart enough to know if I write the seventeen hundred dollars, I'm saving money. Yeah. Like other than exactly. So, but that's not the point either. Even if, even if Mitch decided, hey, I'm paying the seventeen hundred dollars, it goes against all of the principles that we set aside on this show. You are not going to get more work from that guy's recommendation. 
you're going to get more how do I say this? You're going to get more work taken Hate. taken away from you yep. by the bad mouthing he's going to do to you. Yep. Because of the shit work or and not even the shit work, but the shit situation yeah. that had evolved if you weren't willing to just take care of it. And you know, when we talk about this all the time as far as you got to be a grown up and sometimes you got to take one on the chin mm-hmm. to move and that's you know that's called being mature yep. like that's the mature thing to do yep. and it sucks ass and i guarantee the whole ride home or the whole ride out there you're thinking man fucking how well, am i going to do this believe it or not i wasn't so first off like the first time i had to deal with an upset customer i had way too much emotional attachment emotional attachment to my team and so yeah i'm driving out to upset customers houses and i'm like fuck this customer right yeah now i have enough trust in my team to realize that if my team made a mistake it was an honest mistake so if we're in a sticky situation it is an honest sticky, sticky situation. situation yeah sometimes things sometimes things just happen yeah and you have to deal with it right. nothing nothing ever goes perfect right. never nothing ever goes exactly according to plan right and right. you just have to deal with it when those situations arise yeah and so and I had been communicating with my guy throughout this whole process so I was very apprised to the whole situation and I was the one who told my guy they need to replace that entire line from the clean out all the way to the septic when you have um, a little too much info on plumbing here, when you have a 70-foot line that's holding water for 40 feet, you cannot get that line to drain all the way unless you replace the entire thing. And even then, the elevations still have to work out. So um, you can't, like, if a belly is 10 feet long in a line, you have to replace 20 feet of line to get rid of a 10-foot belly. You can't just get rid of a 10-foot belly. Because that line is now level for that ten feet, right? So you you got to go farther on both ends. And if it's close, the real a little of my plumbing expertise. How about that? If if it's bellied there, it's probably level the rest of it anyway, right? So you really have a serious problem. Yeah. I mean, even if you take a forty foot belly out, like you were just saying, and get it to where it's flowing, it's barely breaking, right? Like, and that. Uh, I mean, everyone says, oh, gravel doesn't settle. You know, you're on virgin ground. First off, you don't know what's underneath it. Right. You don't know if you did get enough gravel in there. You could end up just making another snake that's got two or three one-inch bellies in it, which it'll, it would probably work, but that's not how right. it should be done. So, I mean, you really have to just replace the whole line. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that, and I'm not, I'm going to bust your balls, but I don't mean to, he was there two and a half days. Mm-hmm. Do you think after the first day, maybe you should have went out? Uh, maybe. Like, so, like I'm super hands on. Yep, yep, yep. And so, like, if if I go out, if a guy comes back and he's been on a change out that's supposed to take two days, and he comes back and he looks like complete shit, like he's something's like you can just tell. Yep. Like, so you know, I I run out there and say, dude, if you need me to help you, I'm. I will be there to help you. This this is that tough so, balance as a leader and as a teacher. That's why I'm asking you. Yep. So, uh, and, and you'll never know the right way to do it. You'll know when you're in the right area, but you'll never know if you did it perfect. Um, I had, for a long time, I had a habit of going out and save, being the savior, going out and bailing my guys out and all of that stuff. 
all that was doing was teaching my guys that that I'm the solution, right? And, and yeah. if I want to be a good leader, I need to teach them that they are the solution. And the only way to do that is to let them get in way over their head and let them figure it out themselves. So um, I intentionally was like, I was chomping at the bit to go out there and bail them out. But I'm holding myself back thinking there's no problem that he can get us in that I can't get us out of. So I'm going to let him dig the hole a little deeper or I'm going to let him figure his way out of this. Right. And really, he did pretty well. He did really, really well considering like had this customer had us make the repairs, this would never be an issue. Really, the only issue here came when the customer tried to make their own repairs. And they were trying to dig off of spoken locates instead of painted locates. But ultimately, I was able to explain to the customer that everything we told them that was wrong with the line was indeed wrong with the line. Um, and it still needs to be repaired exactly as it's doing. So I <clears> offered <throat> advice on how to do it himself because he's already acknowledged that he's a do-it-yourselfer. And uh, I even offered, I said, if you give me enough warning... I can come out here and help you kind of put this back together, right? Now, keep in mind, this conversation started with a threat of a lawsuit and me losing $1,700. So I've got a little bit of room to work with here. If I offer a couple hours of my time, I can keep the tab even for a couple hours of my time helping him pipe this back himself, right? He's doing most of the work. Yeah. So essentially, as everything rounded out, he realized... Everything that we said needed to be done actually needed to be done. The locate thing, yeah, it's a matter of... And, and he even admitted it. He was like, well, he said it was kind of in this area. I'm the one who saw cut it and started digging it. I, he never really did paint on the ground. And I'm like, yeah. And I, I explained to him that we, we do a rough locate to give you an estimate. We do a final locate. Like, like when exact you're going to locate when we're when there you're to gonna dig. When you're going to dig, yeah. Um, and, and so now he's like totally on board with everything. He loves the fact that I came out for free today. He loves the fact that I spent so much time with him today proving that it is indeed a problem. No one's wasted time and everything else. So now he's back on the train of him saving 15 grand by doing it himself. And yeah. he's got a little bit of support from me, right? So we turned a customer around from somebody who was literally threatening to sue us and, and wanting a full refund of their 1700 bucks to now they freaking love us. Yeah. And it's, it's a testament to what we've said time and time again on the show that don't just immediately disregard upset customers as, like, everyone likes to do this. Oh, you can't please everybody. Guess what? You can. Well, you can't, but you can try. You can try. You right? can try. You, you, you might not be able to please everybody, but you can build a system that should please everybody. And if it doesn't please everybody, well, that is just one incredibly unhappy person that isn't pleased by anybody. Yeah. And I mean, that situation is one of those. So, I mean, you learned three things there, right? You learned that if you hadn't learned, known these already, you learned that I can take a bad situation. Like you were just saying, if this was early in your career, you wouldn't have handled it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. But you've learned. So if this was new for someone else, they have just learned, hey, I can turn a bad situation into a good and get a good review. Two, it kind of helps you learn that, you know, you're, and I know you so well, I, you want to be out there all the time. Now you're not out there at all. Now you're trying to find out where that balance is of, 
Yep. You know, where can I do it? Where can I can't? And your employee learned something. Yeah. Hey, you know, I maybe I should have asked Mitch right. a little earlier. Maybe I should have, you know, you can have a meeting about locates now. Hey, guys, when you say something, you got to say, hey, look, this is vague. When we, if you have us do it, we will know, locate exactly where it's at. You know, in yeah. every bad, and my point is, you know, I'm kind of beating around the bush. My point really is that you can always learn a lot when you have a situation like this, yep. and that helps grow your company. What did we just talk about in Tradewinds the other day? Is that there's no growth without pain. Or yeah. was that on the show? I can't remember. Everything blurs into like one giant show now. Yeah. You can't grow without a little bit of pain. You got to learn how to let your guys fuck up. Because everything that you, if you're listening to this show and you're pretty damn good at your job, you're good because you fucked up a lot of shit. Yeah. And uh, that's how you learned, right? You, you learned how to solder pipes together wrong before you learned how to solder them together right. Yeah, you had leaks. You had a one a fitting that was only halfway inserted before you started sweating it. I mean, you right. You had right. problems. If if you if you cut hair, you fucked up somebody's hair at some point <laughs> before you realized how to do it right. Right? Uh, some people I, just look that way. I'm I'm laughing because uh, little tidbit in my life. Uh, Janine cuts my hair. Uh huh. I let it grow for a long time. I'll have it trimmed a little bit, and then she'll she just like she'll number two, cut. she'll number two the whole freaking thing in the summer, and I love it. Right? Yeah. Last year she cut a number two, took the guard off, trimmed up my sideburns, my neck, and everything, and I said, "Oh, you missed. There's a little here." She didn't put the guard back on. Yeah. <laughs> had to shave my head almost completely bald. Yep. Like she just. You should have seen the the look on her face. I walked around looking like a fucking dick yeah. for, for like three weeks, man. Uh, it was it's awful. Like 43 years. You know what? Shut actually. your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had one where I, I photographed a wedding and I asked for feedback, and then the bride was like, Yeah, like a, a big part of a wedding is like being handed off by your dad to your future husband. And like there was only one picture and it was kind of dark. And I could have uh, been like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, that's something that I literally, I think it's too, like, I'm also a guy to where like, you don't realize. No. I didn't plan my wedding from like my birth. No. So just like, <laughs> yeah. for me, I'm like, oh, that's really important. So now I know if I ever go do it again, which I probably won't. I'm no, like, not hey, after that's that really review. important. Yeah, no, yeah, don't yeah. hire this guy. I fucking missed the most important part of the whole entire wedding. Right. I thought it was the kiss. So that, that's all I cared about. And everything else was like, whatever. And so I'm like, oh, I should have thought about right. that more. What a romantic. But, but yeah, there's, there's always <laughs> things to take away from any situation you come at in life. Ultimately, um, this was like an awesome way to show everybody that... Like, we don't just talk about this shit. This isn't just stuff we're pulling out of our ass and saying, yeah, do it, and we've never actually done it. Like, this is real shit. And uh, so at this particular facility, it's a dog boarding facility. They get crazy busy on the weekends. He has 70 people coming in on Thursday and Friday to drop dogs off. That's a shitload of dogs, man. Can you imagine if I would have handled that poorly? How many of those 70 people would have heard a bad word about our company? That's what I was saying a minute ago. You, right. I mean, you. it's not about, it, it's never about the small amount of money or the small amount of time. Right. Because that literally can turn into 50 grand at the blink of an eye, one way or the other. Right. Just because they're not taking 50 grand out of your account. They're taking $50,000 worth of customers away from you. They're taking $50,000 worth of sales of future 
sales. Yeah. So you have to be able to bite your tongue. Yeah. Like, man, when I was young, I, Mitch knows me. I just tell people to get fucked. I don't care. Fuck you. I mean, it, I, I, I literally didn't care. I can't imagine how many thousands of dollars of sales that I have lost over the years. Right. Just from pissing people off and setting bridges on fire. Yeah. It kind of lowers, like, it kind of sets a precedent, too, if you're just like, especially to your guys. Like, if they're like, oh, well, I mean, if, if all we have to do is just kind of like let it, work out like this and just pay the guy whenever they threaten to sue then everything will be okay and just like no there's another way so so i used to work for a company that operated that way they they charged out the ass for their repairs they had horribly skilled people working there um i think they had two or three guys that had over five years of experience but most of their guys had less than five years of experience and they're charging like primo rates right it was literally part of their process to plan on giving money, just throwing money at upset customers. And and so they were like, we know we're overcharging by a lot. So when customers call in, we'll just throw money at them until they're happy. Yeah, they and, were overcharged. So if you overcharge 10% and yeah. then you know that 10% of your companies are, or customers are going to be mad, you're still making money. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and you so, know. like, tell me, like, what does that tell your team when it comes to ethics? Who cares? Right. Make it, the sale. It tells your team that we don't care about the customer, we care about the revenue and, and we'll what it, buy off the upset customer. And what does it tell your employees when you say we care about the revenue and not the customers? It right. tells them that we don't care about you either, motherfucker. We right. care about the money that we're making. We care about your sales. And then those same dipshits wonder why they can't get good people to work there. Right. And they got five guys that are awesome and then they got a hundred guys that suck ass. Yep. That's why. Kind of look at it too, where it's like whenever you tell one lie, it leads to a second one, a third one. The same thing with like this situation. It's, it's the exact like, same thing. When you do when you do it the first time, then it's easier to the second time. Well, we've done it before. It's it's just it's a thing. And yep. then it's like ten more. And, and look, I mean, it's this is going to be a shady thing to say, but it's hard to you know discount those companies because they are making some serious fucking money. And we are all. Let me finish. We are all trying to make money, right? Mm-hmm. But what we want to teach on The Void and in Trade Wins is you can make a lot of money and be a stand-up pillar in your community and train guys to do it the right way. You do not have to do it that way. Right. Like, that's not how we are. Right. I mean, it's not discounting the amount of money and the amount of success they had. It's just their fucking sleazeballs why they've done it. Yep. You know, while they've done it. Yeah. So... The, the other company that I worked at, they would have just been like, all right, here's your 1700 back. And then they would go to the guys and be like, now I need you to sell 3000 to make up for the 1700 Yeah, you lost that, dude. Well, it's yeah. on you because it sucked. Well, no, they wouldn't even pin it on the guy. They oh, would really? just eat it as the company and then just roll on. And they would actually congratulate the guy for trying as hard as he did. And then just be like, <laughs> get him on the next one. Yeah. Well, that makes it even worse. Like That way, because not only have you not tried to rectify a relationship, you give them the... The refund. So now he has all the money and he's still ticked off. Right. So that's even worse than trying right. to... <laughs> right. True life story from that company. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on The Void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show. Um... I, they, they budgeted 2% of their revenue for refunds. Okay. Uh, this was a big company. 
Um, they were doing like eight, big company. Big. We were doing eight hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue. Okay, two percent of eight hundred thousand dollars is sixteen thousand dollars. Do you know how long it takes, like how much time it takes to give back $16,000 to customers? It's damn near a full-time job to have all the conversations that it takes to give a customer $16,000 worth of refunds over the course of a month. Did they have a secretary that was just like her secretary, sir, job was you just handle the bullshit and write checks and send them out? (laughs) Yes. However, I would love that job. <laughs> my de- my department was doing eight hundred grand a month. They had many other departments, yeah. right? So they had somebody on staff full time that was all their whole job was just to give refunds. But then all of the department managers had to handle all the overflow. So there was one month where we come in, we had a bang bang up month, awesome month, right? And this is how shitty corporate stuff works. They come in and they're like. Well, it's a good thing weather helped you out this month. Those rains really helped you out. Like, oh yeah, thanks. Don't see that's why and, and Mitch knows me real well. I, I could never work for a place like that because day three I'd walk in there and be like, You guys are fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Do you not we know what you're saying. Yeah. You're all idiots. And I'd have burnt that building to the ground. There's like so, every bridge I did in the past. So then uh, they follow it up with uh you only refunded one percent of revenue this month. Uh are we gonna have a shit storm of like one star reviews? And my literal <laughs> reply, this, this was right before they uh, asked me to leave. <laughs> my, my literal reply was, well, I actually found it cheaper to actually talk the guys into giving good service instead of having to give it a whole bunch of money back. So we've been focusing on giving really good customer service, and it lowers that amount. That's right? why I went from two to one. So, so if you want to write me so a I fucking just check. So I saved you guys $8,000. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're, they're like all freaking out thinking we're going to get a whole bunch of one-star reviews because of that. Because they were used to it. Yeah. And I'm like, I, actually, it's probably just cheaper to train the guys how to give really good customer service. Yeah. And... No one said anything. Like, and within they- a month or two later, I was gone. <laughs> so... But but that's how big corporate companies work. So, uh, last topic. Bring solutions, not problems. This has to do a little bit more with... Um, guys that are a part of a team or maybe reporting to higher ups. Okay. Um, uh, this also has to do with if you own your own company, but you're working for a general contractor, anytime you're working for a higher up in any capacity, whether it's your boss or a general contractor or anybody like that, as a person of authority, you do not appreciate when a person brings you problems 24 7 it's annoying it's really really annoying what you do appreciate is if that person has recognized a problem and then come up with a couple possible solutions and then they come to you and they're like hey we're having an issue over here in this department um you know Whatever whatever it is isn't performing well and it's costing us some money. But I think if we make this adjustment or this adjustment, it may work. But that's not that's like out of my pay grade, right? That's a whole different conversation than somebody coming to you and be like, that department's in shambles and it's your job to fix it. Like or, or whatever the case may be. So um real life <clears throat> scenario, like so that's that's on like department stuff, right? Real life scenario. 
If you are a plumber at a company and you're considering starting your own company, don't go to your boss and be like, my sewer machine broke and I don't know how to fix sewer machines. So this is your problem. Instead, that's what what I'd say. (laughs) Instead, you go to your boss and you're like, hey, my sewer machine broke and I've looked into it and I've taken it apart and I think it needs this part here, but I don't know how to buy that. Do we have an account somewhere or something like that? Like, show some initiative that you've at least looked into the problem and you have some ideas for how to solve it, okay? Um, Here's why this is hugely important. If all you do is bring problems to your higher-ups, you are the problem. Well, and they think that you can't find a solution to the problems that you're facing. Right. Like you're not a problem solver. That's immediately what people think. Right. They're going to they're going to label you as a constant problem, right? Even though you're just identifying problems. Even if you're great at your job, like that is still the like that's the brand that you have tagged yeah. to yourself. Yeah. So bringing problems with pot you don't even have to have a solution. Just show the effort that you put thought into a solution. That's all it takes. So bringing a problem and then coming up when saying, you know, hey, we're, we're suffering in this area. And I think if we tweak this and tweak this, it may work. But I, I'm curious to see what you think. That's a whole different conversation than uh, this isn't working and you need to fix it. Well, and it shows that you're taking initiative like this. You know, the show is really about, um, you know, guys that want to start their own business and stuff. But we talk about employees all the time and employees that want to get you know, to owning their own business. If if you start taking those initiatives and show that you're a problem solver and show that you're a leader and show that you care, that's what that really does is show that you care right. about the company you're working for and you move up and you're allowed to manage a couple of guys or you're allowed to be in charge of more, that just helps you um, graduate to owning your own business sooner or exactly. it helps you learn the things that you're going to need to learn to be out on your own. Right. You know, and no one will ever, I shouldn't say no one, the average person will not just get pissed off enough and, or be fired and then just start their company. It, It just doesn't happen that way. You have to have a certain mindset and be a certain way. And this is one of those mindset situations. Be a problem solver. When you own your own business, you're going to have to be a hell of a problem solver because they're going to be everywhere. Yeah. So start training yourself to be a problem solver now. Yeah. And you might not know all the solutions, right? Like even when you own your own business, you might not know exact, like you might have a problem and you have three possible solutions and you're just going to have to pick one. Yeah. You might not know which one's the best yet. That happens a lot. It happens a whole lot. Yeah. And so you still have to be able to identify possible solutions and then pick one and roll with it and and keep the other two in mind right like if you have got three possible solutions <laughs> yeah for the pick backup one and roll with yeah. it keep the other two in mind and and if the way you're rolling isn't working well maybe you need to you know switch over to the other two but i bring this up for the people that have yet to start their companies and they're they're you know looking at all of this stuff don't if you are the guy that constantly brings problems to your boss and you want to start your own company, eventually you're going to have to be the one to solve those problems. So right. start 
trying to solve them now. And just it's it's paid training for when you do own your own company. So uh, be solution minded. It's literally solution minded is what got me out of a lawsuit and into a five star review on the previous topic we just talked about. So be solution minded, even as an employee as well. Identify problems, but also align solutions with them and then bring the entire picture to your manager or whatever and say, hey, we got a problem over here in the install department. Um, the guys are getting really upset because they're not getting paid fairly and the sales guys are making all the money and the, the installers are really upset. So I think if we attach some kind of merit pay to the installers instead of hourly, it may fix it, but I don't know how all that works. So that's just an idea. What do you think? Like, that's a great way to bring that problem to your manager. The what do you think, or how would you handle that, or this is a little out of my range, I kind of, you know, I'm looking to you for guidance here. Yeah. Those are things that, I mean, this is just a little bit of, like, ass-kissing mode, but those are things that light guys on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, and it just, those are engagement words, engagement yep. phrases, and people just, they latch onto that, and they're like, oh, okay, guess what? If you do that all the time... That boss is just going to latch onto you. Yep. Okay. That boss may train you into a place where you can go out on your own just because you were showing that you cared yeah. about all those situations. Right. Right. So this is closely followed up with another scenario that I want to hit on really quick. Um, this has happened to me time and time again in my career where I acknowledge with an employee that I appreciate the... Um. oh, how do I want to say it? Like the politically correct conflict that we may have, right? Um, I may be working with somebody and they may have a different opinion about things and we can, we can uh, very civilly disagree with things to come up with a solution that benefits the greater good. It's not about what I think. It's not about what you think. It's about like what's the best solution, right? Well, what that can turn into really fast is now the person realizes, okay, when I gave him a little bit of pushback, he actually appreciated that. And if they lose the context for why that pushback came in, now that person's position now becomes, I'm going to push back on the boss on everything he says. And that's a really dangerous position to be in. It's one thing to push back when you see a different pattern or when you see a different possibility and the benefit is for the greater good. But don't become the person that is always pushing back just to take the devil's advocate view or just to take the opposing viewpoint because one time your boss or your owner or whatever acknowledged that they appreciated the constructive criticism or they appreciated the pushback. So those two kind of things kind of go hand in hand. If you're always bringing problems, your boss is going to associate you as, to, as a problem. And if you're always bringing pushback, your boss is going to associate you as somebody who is always bringing friction. So um, there are times to push back when the greater good is at stake, but there are also times where it's just like, yeah, okay, there's kind of two different ways to go about this, and either of which is probably effective, so I'm not even going to mention the other. Let's just roll with it. Yeah, sometimes it's easier just to, okay, I'll just do what he says because he's my boss, and it's not, does it, re that's the humbling 
thing, right? Yeah. Like sometimes you just have to take one and be like, you know what? Either way is going to be fine. I'm just going to set my opinion aside and I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. That's a real hard thing for people that are wanting to start their own business because obviously they're leaders anyway. You know what I mean? And so it's harder for them naturally to do those things. Like, like for me, I sometimes I'll, I'll just tell people like, you know what? You might be right. We might be, it. we could do it this way. We could do that. But we're not, we're doing it the fucking way I want to do it. Right. And I mean, like that's a fault of mine. Yeah. Obviously, you know, none of us are perfect. That's a fault of mine. Mitch, on the other hand, he was probably, eh, I, I don't care. He's pretty passive. Eh, whatever. I can do it, you know, when he was working yep. for those people. And that's just, you know, sometimes it's a balancing beam. It really is. You have to, sometimes you got to be on one side, sometimes you got to be on the other. And it's difficult to navigate those situations. But, you know, we talk about it on the show a lot. You have to be able to step outside of yourself and say, okay, What's going to be better for my future and my long run? Right. Do I want to piss him off right now, or do I want to like pick my battle for later? Right. Right. You know what I mean. And and so like, there. If you are that type that is constantly being a little bit objective, ob- objective to your boss, um, and you're you're listening to this and you're like, oh shit, that might be me. Right. Here's a way to handle it. It's good that you're objective. It's good that you can see another way of doing it. Keep it in the mental bank. Let your boss run with his idea. Let your boss do all that stuff because now you keep that in the mental bank. You keep that other way of doing things or you keep that other possibility out there. Eventually, your boss is going to get into a pickle where it's like, ah, shit, we may have fucked up. And you already have the solution. And that is the time to bring it up. And that is the time where your boss is saying, all right, we may have gotten into a pickle here. I don't know what it's going to take. And you're now you have all of the ammo, right? And you're like, hey, what if we did it this way? It, now, now you can actually use the failure to your advantage. You can be like, okay, we tried it this way and it didn't work because of this, this, and this. So if we do it this way, it handles all of those things. So it might work better. Yeah, it's the I told you so moment. It's it's kind of an I told you so, but you never told him in the beginning, right? You held it in. Yeah. And so now it allows your boss to really understand that, holy shit, they're, they're in this mental game, and they got this, and they had a solution before I even realized I had a problem. Yeah, see, I always just tell them, and then it burns down, or I don't tell them, and it burns down, and I walk out, and I go, I fucking told you we should have well, done it this way. I mean, what the f- The big challenge there is pride. Yeah, you, you you let your pride get in the way, right? And sometimes yeah. you have to swallow your pride and stay quiet and just let a mistake happen. Burn well, that bridge. <laughs> yeah. Other other times, you you realize that okay, if the if the customer experience is at stake, then I go I do need to go ahead and speak up. Yeah. So, um, that's good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, we we've got one final thing here that we're going to finish out the show with. Um, we would like our uh, listeners of the show to email in some of the wild and crazy stories you've had from the field. Um, We've all got them, right? We've got customers that have shown up to the door naked. We've got customers that have, um, you know, we found dead bodies under crawl spaces. We've got all the wild and crazy stuff that's going on. I I was a part of literally uh, uh, like the breakup of a marriage on a plumbing call. Um, and I remain faithful to my wife through the whole thing, but, um, we want to hear from our listeners. <laughs> the fact that you have to say that just, <laughs> yeah. just, 
We want to hear from our listeners. What are some of the wild and crazy plumbing stories or, or any stories, really service related stories that you have from the field? So um, feel free to send us an email at askmitch at mitchsmedley.com. And you can just put in the subject line stories from the field. And we would love to hear some of the wild and crazy stories that you have from the field. So um, <laughs> if your stories are funny enough, we're going to bring them up on the show and we're going to talk about it. So. I was thinking about a couple. I just, I'm yeah. going to keep mine to myself. I'm not, <laughs> those are my stories. Yeah. Those are mine. Some of them you got to take to the grave. That's right. But uh, until next time, guys, that's it for the show. So we will see you next week. <laughs> love you guys.